0: Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week, but we don't always know which days it's going to be on, so there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howe and a very special guest, John Devereux, on the podcast today. How are you doing, John? Very good. Thanks, Ben. And yourself, Andy. Thought it'd be polite to ask you as well. Yeah, I'm doing well as well, Ben. Thanks for asking me. I know it's a bit of an afterthought, but there we are. Well, that's always, always an afterthought. But, um, yep, we've had the Wales team today. Uh, no real surprises. Nick Tompkins comes in at the centre, George North onto the wing. Um, so, yeah, let's get the initial reactions. You were surprised by much about that, John, or?
1: Um, Possibly, I mean, sometimes it's hard to change a winning side, but when you're looking at the, the facts, and you know Tompkins is the centre, George played majority of his time on the wing and being very effective, so it's a bit of common sense really to sort of say, well, he's had, he's been on the, he's done the done the job for Wales when he came on, um, showed what he can do, and give him a, a starting opportunity. It's a bit of a baptism, obviously, to go over to Dublin, but. Um, Yeah, and we know what George can do on the wing, and and there's other players just nibbling at George's, and well, Josh Adams is uh, heels, I suppose. Do you think
2: that's good? You know, there is that competition that should spur George and Josh on.
1: Yeah, it's always great to have competition. You know, when I played, it was even after twenty odd caps for Wales. You know, you always never took your selection for granted. You know, you always um, went out to sort of say, well it could be the last game and you, you tried your best so yeah it's always good to have competitions there's always people behind waiting to uh, to slot in there It's a former Wales Lion Centre played in Rugby League World Cup
2: finals as well what's it like playing centre out in Dublin?
1: Yeah it's uh, probably the most intimidating of, of the old Lansdowne road yeah um, I haven't played at the Viva but the crowd is still very vociferous and they Vocal and uh, it all seems to be windy there, I don't know why. And yeah, they're, they're a good side. I mean, they, they in the past, they may have not had as much ability, but they played with passion. Um, and they just always seemed to be uh, like a because they were green jerseys, they were everywhere, you know. Um, but um, very strong, you know, took, took their rugby. You know, yeah. it's a small minority sport over in Ireland, and, and it's amazing how they can put up to uh, you know international sides.
0: Because it used to be that it felt like we'd go over there and, and we'd win, and then they'd come to Cardiff and, and return the favor. But I think that sort of settled down now, isn't it? We haven't won there since 2012.
1: Yeah, you've experienced that, haven't you? you? We did. Yeah, that. we used to go over. My first time was 86, third cap, and we we won, and then they came over to Cardiff in 87, and we lost, and. And over there, the Cronia, we won, and then '89, they came to Cardiff and we lost. So yeah, it was uh, that was my last game actually in Cardiff. In '89, I remember Noel Mannion going down the touchline, and uh Die Bryant open side that day couldn't couldn't catch Mannion, and that was the end of the game. We lost that one, but yeah, we we, we had a bit of a different side that day because I remember Jonathan Davis had already signed for Rugby League, and. My good friend John uh played out half that day. Yeah, so sad, sad memories of that game. Really, it was my last international yeah, for Wales. That
2: Wales team you played for back then, you know, you finished third in the eighty seven World Cup, beat Australia in a bronze medal, the playoffs. Still, Wales greatest ever uh, result at a World Cup. The following year, won a triple crown, should have won a Grand Slam. You remember, they lost to Cardiff in the wet. It, but uh, were well, pipped at the, the that season and then uh, Wales it was a young team it was building for the future and then of course went he Ze- went to New Zealand on tour I would say myself arguably a supreme New Zealand team one of the best I've ever seen they'd won a World Cup the year earlier but mm. actually were better the following year and he gave you two stuff ins and then loads of players left for rugby league uh, you know it was, a, was it a case of a lost generation
1: we did lose a generation that's Not without saying, isn't it? And uh, I think the uh, going back to that 88 tour, you know, after after winning a triple crown, you know, a number of players will just the daunting task of going back over there to, you know, to play two test matches against the side that put you know fifty odd points plus on it, you know, in in the previous year. So uh, it was hard, even though we had won a, you know. Triple Crown and potentially you know could have won a Grand Slam. A lot of players were thinking, why why go over there? You know, we are building something here, and it it, it just seemed to just take tear down everything else that had, all the good work that had been done by Tony Gray and Derek O'Neill. And the worst thing after the ADA tour, they sacked Derek and Tony. And that was a mistake. That was ridiculous. Was Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely the mm. the worst decision ever because they learned so much mm. from being there, and hopefully could you know bring that home and say right this is what we need to do
0: because then it was it was Romania after that wasn't it after, yeah, they, yeah, came, yeah, after yeah. they sacked yeah and they lost to Romania in Cardiff wasn't it that was it,
1: it was 18, no. yes. yeah, that was 18 88 yeah December yeah. that was yeah. the autumn wasn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. if the Derek and uh, Tony Gray stayed on board do you think uh, past more of the plays would have stayed in
1: Wales who knows what would have happened you know like I say it was a uh it was a turning point in, in Welsh rugby going over there and being hammered and not just in the test matches we lost provincial matches you know there was a an element of you know I wouldn't say I'm pointing the finger at Tony or Derek, but maybe they could have probably played a stronger side in the first game against Waikato That was well, Gatlin
2: was there, captain wasn't it?
1: Gatlin was playing you know Was he any um, good? Yeah he was uh, pretty uh, you know they were all all pumped up they're playing against Wales for God's sake yeah. you know they're a provincial side uh, ringing those bells in the in the crowd and uh, and I was just, you know it was a hell of a game and, and sat in the crowd that I think Jonathan sat in the crowd that day Bobby North and we you know may have just ruled the opportunity to say right let's go out with our best side here let's get a win and let's build momentum from there but it didn't happen then we had to play well into next game which you know was tough and Hector Reed uh, John Schuster Gallagher fullback you know and they were much better than Waikato so it, it just became uh, yeah, perpetual sort terrible, of ongoing yeah. just an, a nightmare and, and there's not there's not many of those that he that squad actually went to New Zealand I like talking about that tour because it, it you know it is literally one of those tours you just want to erase from your memory because it's just everything about it was wrong yeah shouldn't have gone we played we stayed at the worst hotels you've ever stayed in your life and I mean car park motels I, I remember sleeping <laughs> sleeping in my bed one day in one of these hotels and I, I literally had to put my track suit and on because it was so cold there was a big gap under the door it was everything was wrong because new zealand rugby union pay for the site to, yeah. to come on tour so they put us up in <laughs> they were called cobbin co and they were all it was like a chain of hotels we stayed at and they were dreadful and everything was wrong the hotels uh training the weather, it's raining. I mean, we it rains in Wales, but it rains more in New Zealand.
2: Tell us what happened. I think it was for the second test. My one of my abiding memories when they called over Jonathan Mason from a beach in was he, Ibiza? It
1: Ibiza with his family? I- yeah. Uh, Anthony Clement got injured, armstring. He um, he was legging it for the uh, for the plane uh, late for his uh, the, right, the departure of his plane. He was legging it down the terminal with his bad armstring. It was one of those tours where people just wanted to get out of New Zealand and they brought in John the Mason I always remember he turns up bus arrives, minibus he gets out this minibus bleach blonde hair, highlights suntan, vest and shorts on with a guitar on his shoulder and a suitcase in one hand and a kit bag in the other and I just like thought welcome to New Zealand kid and the first game he got absolutely hammered against uh, North Harbour and they put a bomb up and the whole pack ran over the top of him and he was like a teabag, he was perforated. With One must to his jersey, was it? He was shredded, he was like Freddy Krueger had had a pop at him and um, he was, his back was all striated, you know, studs marks down his back and poor bugger, he was uh, sleeping in bed and trying not to sleep on his back because if he slept on his back, he woke up in the morning, all the sheets were stuck to his back. Um, I always remember Jonathan going over to him and saying, Looking at him and going, "Oh, Jonathan, I think you're uh, peeling there, boy." <laughs> so um, you know, suntan was coming off, but uh, not not a nice uh, experience. That was his first game for Wales, but yeah, it was um, not not a great tour. Um, and uh, like I say, some players just couldn't yeah. wait to get out of there. But yeah, the, you know, the momentum was building, but that was the a bad one and you mentioned why did players go well obviously you came back from there you get rid of your coaches you bring in a new regime some players faces don't fit they bring in new players you know he's trying to rebuild or new new ideas and sometimes it's going back to square one and starting again so that sort of happened and um, to be honest it was a bit of a bit of a kiss from, from 88 to 89 and I left in 89 and um, so did Jonathan and Paul Moriarty and Jonathan Griffiths and Roland Phillips, Mark Jones, Stuart Evans, Die Young you know the, the list is endless.
0: And then what was it like when you went up north? Obviously, the whole influx of Welsh talent up there. What was?
1: It was great. To, you know, to you know, the, the main one of the main reasons I went to witness was because Paul and Jonathan were there. Um, that was great for me because I knew them very well, and my wife and I was signed for witness two days before I got married. Uh, yeah, before I got married. So it was great. So yeah, and being up north end, it was like a little community everywhere, and we could sort of yeah. And what was great for us that they. Started the Welsh Rugby League side again so we then had some identity and, and then we could come back to Wales and play some games but you know down the Vetch and uh, Ninian know Park you know
2: about that uh, the World Cup 1995 Rugby League yep. World yep. Cup Wales got the semi-final but one yep. of the greatest sporting occasions I've covered was Wales Samoa at the Vetch was uh-huh. that a pool match or something it was a pool match and uh, it was like the return of the union team if you like with a few ringers it was yeah, a kind of, scared, of a quarter no, final no. game in effect yeah, yeah it was a shootout won it for the semis yeah. or something yeah, yeah. yeah. what was that like it was a hardest, hardest game of rugby
1: if you ask every Welsh boy who played that day what name me the hardest game of rugby you've ever played in your life? They'll all say Samoa in e five in the on the uh, on the vetch. Because of course
2: the had players who put Wales out to the ninety one World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Togamala. Well, I was marking
1: Inga. I was marking Inga. he shaved all his hair off, ready for me. What um, happened in the before before? Well, we did. Um, obviously we decided beforehand you know that they do the equivalent of the hacker whatever it's called you know sorry I don't know the name but they do the equivalent and they sort of in their hacker they sort of make these forward motions towards you and we decided that we'd stand on the halfway line all arms linked on the halfway line and just watch them doing this hacker well I was right on the center spot of the vetch with a guy called Martin Hall and there's Kelvin Skerritt and it you know, sort was of next minute. They started walking forward to the towards the end of their hacker and Martin Hall, Wigan prop, Welsh prop, uh, sorry w- Wigan hooker, starts walking forward. And this line becomes a, like a inverted arrow shape, you know. And I literally went with him because we were at arms linked. And Hinga Togamala comes right up to me right at the end of that, and it was neatly head to head, you know, nose to nose, little sort of head butt going in there. Um, and th- you know, we had to kick off then. And we were thinking, "Oh, I won't fancy k- taking the first hit up here, you know." And Joe, you know, I can't remember who took the first hit up, but it was there everyone who was watching the game can always they could hear the hits going in and feel but the hits I
2: can remember that game Martin all talking of him you know it was the days before yeah. HIA yeah.
1: checks
2: yeah. and someone hit him hard that he was out he yeah. got back to his feet he had old boxers rubber legs The yeah. uh, physio had hold of him you know he walked in round for about 10-20 yeah. seconds and then next thing he's making a tattle again
1: we had um, we had a sports psychologist to give us a little pep talk before the game we'd had him in uh, the old Crest Hotel as a premier inn or whatever it is now just by Cardiff rugby ground, and this sports psychologist, Irish guy called Kieran, he came and did another session with us. Clive Griffiths had invited him in. Well, he's pictured the scene now. We're all in the changing room, and he's got us all lying on the floor, eyes closed, and sort of visualizing things and talking to us and doing all this sports psychology stuff. And uh, I always remember getting up off the floor, we were all like really pumped up. Mark Jones, Scooby, you know, Mark, he Put all his vase on his face, you know. Um, he was snorting out of every or- every orifice on his face, on his, you know. And next there was a knock on the door of the changing room. You know, open the door, and next is this police inspector. Sorry, it's going to be a fifteen minute delay to the kickoff because there's so many people outside wanting to get to the grand game. They were queuing down the streets, and I just looked at it. And I thought, my God, is Mark Jones head butting doors and walls and? I thought, my God, we're not going to have a change room left here. And uh, it's funny thing to me, I just chuckled because, you know, Mark, John Scooby, as we call him, he uh, he was on the bench. He wasn't even starting. like
0: <laughs> oh, God. He'd have been taken apart the bench then yeah. by the time he came on.
1: Oh, he's great. Great, great valley, Scooby.
0: So that's, that's a bit before my time, 95 World Cup. But looking back at that team, you know, it was like a union select, but you, you had like Proper Welsh League stars as well coming through. Yestin Harris would have been mm. at that
1: point. We had a was couple it, of few ones, you know. We too did, you too know. early
0: for like Libres coming through at that point. Yeah. Kieran yeah. Cunningham yeah, would have been it. around. No, I Kieran think, was there. Yeah.
2: I exactly. think Yestin was 17 money. Yeah, he, he was played just, and he played yeah, really yeah. well. Kieran
1: now. was coming as well. Yeah, Kieran, yeah. And, Kieran and Yestin were all like young kids then, uh, come off the bench probably playing. well we did have the wig in front row that day, you know, and we did underperform in that mm. tournament. Um, we didn't underperform that day. We played to our potential and we won. It was a tight game. I think yep. Scott Quinnell had man of the match that day. And then we had a shortest turnaround. You know, you talk about turnarounds for games. Yeah, yeah. I think we had something like a four-day turnaround. Yeah, that was a
2: midweek match, wasn't
1: it? And we had to play then England at Old, Old Trafford, Trafford yeah. uh, on the on the Saturday. And uh, it was a bridge too far. We had put everything, heart and soul, into that performance, you know, to get to that semi-final. And we were good sight, you know, littered with... Internationals, but it was probably took too much out of us emotionally and physically and. yeah. I, I was only talking to uh someone recently, I think it was Paul Moriarty, who was actually saying I wouldn't or Jonathan, it could have been Jonathan actually. We were talking about it, it'd be great to get the video of that game to see, because we didn't have any V A R or, you know, video refs in those days. Hmm. And Martin fire definitely dropped the ball as I was about as I was about to launch him into row row H. You know, and yeah. he and, and, and the ref gave two tries that day, um, where I think he did probably didn't get the ball down properly as you would say, under pressure. Rowland
0: scored in that game, didn't he? He With did, a, uh, he cle- did. Clever yeah. little finish, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he came on, I think, he came on he that day. He came, he came off on, the yeah. bench and he, scored he, he, a five-yarder. Yeah, he, didn't he, he tap himself He score? He himself.
2: claims that was the last ever tap to yourself trying international rugby because he changed the law.
1: Probably right, yeah. But, uh, you know, he was, again, another character, great rugby player. Um, and, and he, you know, it was just, we just... Didn't have anything left in the tank, if you know what I mean. Uh, it was so sap in that uh, Samoa game, and yeah, you know, you're playing against England, and uh, they had some players, you know, probably second second best team in the world at the time, and it just t- you know they they grind you down as well, and they've got talent everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. Sean Edwards was playing, you know, Joe Leiden, Dennis Bates, Platt, you know, the Phil team Platt. is littered or fire, you know, yeah, they're you littered with internationals, littered. Yeah. great game um, but great to play in Old Trafford as well played there many times now especially
2: as you hate Man United
1: yeah but it's a fantastic arena you know I've yeah. uh, yeah. been a Liverpool well, man myself well as a you know I'm, I've am got a Cheshire Cat smile at the moment obviously and, to um, yeah. so um,
0: yeah. I'm Sam Warburton and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast
2: Um, of course, though, Debs, he went on uh, to play actually in a World Cup final for Great Britain against Australia at uh, Wembley. So, you know, he did it, you still had the pinnacle of playing in a final at some, some stage of your career.
1: Yeah, it was um, nice to play at Wembley for Sardis. That's the holy grail in terms of the rugby, rugby league player. And that was obviously Wembley Challenge Cup final, always at Wembley, but yeah, in playing for Great Britain as it was then. Um, they had. Venues and Wembley was one of the venues they used to play at, generally against touring sides. And for the World Cup final, I was 92 and it was at Wembley, and I came off the bench and yeah, experienced a World Cup final, which was fantastic because it was you know 90 odd thousand people watching in the, old, in the old Wembley, probably more than that actually. But but yeah, it was uh, disappointing, but still fantastic to experience that.
2: If we just switch back to Union, then should should have Wales have reached that World Cup final last uh, what was it, November? Was it? Uh, you know, when he played South Africa, should oh, sorry, they? Beat yeah, Japan. In, in Japan? Japan. Yes. Yeah. Should do you
1: they? Think that, do you think that was an opportunity missed? Well, personally, um, good side. But when when you analyse the game, we were second, or they had the edge, South Africa, in every department, I felt. There was there was, there was just the edge. They had the edge in the scrum, yeah. the line out, the breakdown. Just the edge. They had that little bit, that little X factor or something. They had that strength or. They were better than us, and we kept in that game longer than any other side would have, I think. And we had an opportunity. It's not taken away from. Me. We had an opportunity right at the end. Could have, you know, snuck something. And uh, we just didn't get. You know, when we hit that brick wall, and we couldn't get over that gain line. And then we took that snap uh, drop goal, and it was too far out. You know, I knew then that we weren't going to get anything out of it. But yeah, potentially. You can. It's like a boxer being on the ropes, isn't it? You can take a pound in, but you know you can k- come away with a you know smash and grab and, and win a game like that. But I think their their destiny was to to win that and to win the work. I mean, they showed in the final how good they were. Mm, yeah. So
2: uh, Wales have made a solid start to this Six Nations, albeit against uh, Italy. How do you see them going during the tournament?
1: It's a bit of a new new kind of era isn't it it's, it's a little bit you know we'd expect oh yeah with Gatland, we know sometimes what we're going to get and we could say yeah we're going to go there and it's going to be tough but we you know hand on out, we, we, we're going to win this you know and the team would probably think that but new regime new ideas new type of rugby it worked against Italy right let's see how it works against um, the rest mm. and it's a tough one Get much harder, you know. Obviously, England we know are tough, but I've had their you know problems at the moment. You know, France are going to be tough, but it Ireland being they've been up there a long long time and knocking on the door to you know be best side and in their own backyard they got a few uh, you know got new coaches themselves, haven't they? So yeah. some new you, ideas, yeah. yeah.
2: Partners, Andy Farrell, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and he
1: won't he won't stop at nothing to 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 get a, a win. Um, he'd be ultra professional. Um, yeah, looking for some sort of a spark and, and a reaction from last week, which they just weren't on the top of the game. But that was a test, wasn't it? We didn't really get a test against Italy. I'm worried if we get a test, how do we face up to that? Yeah. And, and certainly, you yeah. mentioned it earlier, Andre. You know, their, their line has always been great. You know, and the pack. So, are we going to be? Are we going to have the edge on yeah. in the scrum? Are we going? Are we going to have the edge in the
2: in the line out? You know, We discussed earlier the one change Wales have made in their backs. Would you have been tempted, to make a change in the, in the pack, perhaps in the back row, in maybe? <laughs>
1: well, what did, did that yeah. be Did he look match fit to you? No, no, and and we all want Toby Fallatell back. Hundred percent. The level you want. I don't think you can afford in international rugby to use internationals to get match fitness when you've got international players who are match fit sat on the bench. So, you know, I know Toby's had three years of up and down hell, really, uh, with
2: injury. No, I think that was his
1: only fourth game in thirteen months. Yeah. Hmm. So, a lot of term, a lot of I noticed like sometimes you pick up an injury and you just you come back and then you pick another. You know, it's kind of. You just haven't got that match fitness, and you can't afford to try and get that playing international national football. The game is too, too vital. You know, it's too fine line between winning and losing. And I think he uh, he didn't do a lot last week, and he was he was he was wanting, wasn't he? he was, his fitness was dreadful. Um, and like I say, Ross Moriarty's on the bench. I don't know if he features in PVAX, um plans. Um, personally, I would have him there. Um, either at eight or six, um, definitely.
0: It's funny we talked about Andy Farrell there. He He's sort of tasked with a similar thing to Pivak in building on an existing structure and bringing in a bit more attack. I think he started to put in the building blocks, but I guess this weekend might be not the weekend for either Wales or Ireland to really sort of look too, too hard for the those those attacking gains.
2: Yeah,
1: it's, it's difficult. He's, he's, he's going to be on a learning curve. He has a, he has had experience with international football, but not at this level, yeah. And and he's got a, a a style of play that he wants to introduce. And whether that you know was affected with say the Carles, but then international football and club or regional rugby is you know another level. Whether that 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 style will stack up against someone like Ireland, uh, I you know he worked against Italy, and we took our chances and. Some real, you know, some some of those tries needed scoring against the Italians and they just built momentum. And we could see us growing into this game and getting better and better. And the more it went for Italy, they, they turned down obviously scoring opportunities to go for tries, didn't they? That's a nightmare at the end of the day, then. You don't take that penalty, say, you should have in the first half and you, you get nilled. And nobody wants to get nilled. It's the worst, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Were you surprised by the last 20 minutes and the um, Wales sort of set up with a with quite a sort of wide spread of forwards you had sort of Alan Wynne-Jones and Aaron Wainwright sort of stalking one wing and Tiprick and Faletel on the other and then in that last 20 minutes I think they gave up about four turnovers just because the four guys in the middle were maybe a little bit spread thin yeah yeah. is that yeah. a concern is that, something, is well, that maybe what he's certainly is against Ireland isn't it because is you've got that maybe, and in their uh, yeah. Yeah, back but, row yeah, a specialist again
1: sometimes you know. when you're ahead though you, you, like you've got that cushion you can you, you maybe afford risks. to do that yeah. and try things like that well fair enough but like you say would you play from the start or 20 minutes into a game 40 yeah. minutes into a game would you play like that against Ireland or, yeah. uh, or England
2: well I would have thought out in Ireland now it's potentially going to be much more of a war of attrition you won't be able to play so much of that wide game no, because the, the defence both the, 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 you know there's going to be it's two good teams they're going to be cancelling each other out to some degree so you've got to get yeah. more power and all that, haven't you
1: it's all about territory isn't it and um, playing in the right areas of the park, so the, the game's still the same in in that respect. But um, yeah, hey, it's whether we can win that primary possession and and give the you know our our backs opportunities yeah. really.
2: Wales got to be clever at that breakdown. I mean, they got you know they got think on their feet about yeah. getting enough numbers in there when they need numbers in there.
0: We, we sort of saw that on the weekend didn't we sort of Sam Warburton's influence they were quite smart in how they didn't commit too many well, numbers they got this new tactic now I mean, two
2: men go to the breakdown so you've got the guy Jacqueline going that, for the that ball new? is that really oh, new I haven't really or... seen that before and he got a second guy behind him latching onto him and he's actually holding him up off the ground so he's so you know the referee camping him in for the, not holding up his body weight so and it means the, the opposition they're coming in the other way and it's harder to shift two blokes rather than one it's quite a it's quite a good tactic, but they're only doing it when there's opportunity there. You know, like David Polka got, got all <laughs> well, himself was a master, wasn't he? Yeah, the All blacks
1: all blacks were, for me were the greater of mcorn, you know, they they wouldn't waste energy. No. And they were the best at that. They would save it and conserve it and then they would smell an opportunity like a like a wolf smelling blood and or yep. a shark smelling blood and they would all collectively react together. So then you can counter-rack or you can you know what I mean it's but I think to go at to try to waste energy going at, at everything that's um, it's probably what South Africa did in the first game against New Zealand in the World Cup they yeah. went after everything yeah. and they lost that game because they used up too much energy in the, in that duration of the game but then they got wiser than the final well, so learned from that then yeah because I
0: think that's the one thing that Warburton pointed out with Wales in the World Cup is that they probably didn't they, they wasted a bit too much breakdown energy yeah I suppose when you have got people like George North who are capable of Doing that stuff out in in the wider channels, they they can get turnovers. Maybe they don't have the decision making that naturally comes with playing in around mm. the breakdown as much. Yeah. But I think yeah. we, saw, we saw on the weekend that someone like I think Nick Tomkins might
2: offer that mind because yeah, he, he's well, clear, he's an ex flanker. Mm. He's clearly good at a breakdown. Like Brian O'Driscoll was a master in Gordon Darcy, master masters of the breakdown, and um, he's clearly good at it. And he looks appears to be a intelligent rugby player. Well, so he's about picking yeah. your moments. Isn't he, it? He, won,
0: he won the one penalty, but the one the other one was think he he went in to sort of go to the breakdown, feigned to go in, two Italian players come in, he leaves he, he then he stands off. So there's fourteen Welsh players on their feet and two Italians on the floor. Next phase, Tiprick's there to, to win an easy penalty. It's it's just about if there are opportunities, go for them. If if there aren't, you, yeah, yeah. you manipulate you manipulate them, so, don't well, you? And just you, look you look create
2: at, them. Look at Richie McCaw and David Polcock, on not it? They'd yeah. be hanging round there, you know, they'd be hanging and if, if the kill was on, they were right they they were in. You know and uh, the well, same, it's the same, and maybe often you see Tipper's hanging around, not doing anything, just watching and all the rest of it. And uh, if you're not going to win a ball, what's the point in going in there?
0: Yeah, mm. indeed. Um, so let's end then with predictions. Uh, we touched about it on the Facebook show, so I think we sort of know where you're going to go. But Island Wales and Dublin, what are you think? Yeah,
1: again, like, as I said earlier, it's, it's just, to me, it's a tight one. Um, you know, hard as Wales, but you know, Andy, you've but you know, spoke a lot of you know common sense. At the end of the day, is what <laughs> it, it, doesn't happen, well, <laughs> happen often. Well, no, doesn't happen yeah, in terms of what the factors stacked in in in, in favor of Ireland, I suppose. But um, yeah, hand on heart, it's it's whether we can win enough quality ball and and to com- compete. And, that, and you know, we've got a lot of confidence going into this game, uh, not just from the first game, but from the World Cup. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I'm going to I take an Ireland to edges game because I think the weather conditions, and I'm a bit concerned about the Welsh scrum. I think I tagged tag for They'll target the Welsh uh, scrum. They got an excellent line out, and the uh, thing you can't do, which Wales did actually quite a lot under Gatland in Ireland when Wales had a you know couple of hefty defeats over there, was they give them easy piggyback penalties. So you yeah. don't want to give a penalty away on the Ireland twenty-two. They kick the like halfway, not or just in your half. Give another penalty away. It. Next thing they're in your 22, and they're masters of the driving yep. uh, driving line out. So the Welsh team's got to be the utmost discipline over there to have a, uh, to have a, have a chance. If Wales can have a solid set piece and get some ball, you know they you know they could do a bit of damage. But there again, the back division mind. There's no mugs in that division. and robbie henshaw they they are an handful in the centre, and um, we will know more about like Nick tompkins uh after this match and uh stockdale on the outside there he he's a um he's an opportunist he goes to the interception I think he can be exposed in defence yeah. he he's dangerous with the ball. Uh, as well and of course they got Lamar, Jordan is yeah. it or Lamore's uh Echo run at full back. So I don't think we got better backs than them. I think I think on paper I don't think there's much between the teams. So it could come down to uh, if it came down to goal kicking mine I'd expect Dan Bigger or half any to outkick Sexton.
0: There we go. Um what's funny is I think I expect Pivak to sort of play horses' courses and be more conservative but the last time we we're in Dublin Gatland sort of played the Scarlet's way and ended up losing. That was I think after that he, he tightened things up and we went on that winning run so it'll be interesting to see what Pivak does
2: um, where's the unlucky that day mind they could have won that game in the end could have, even though they were played in first they were probably
0: they were chasing their tails a bit yeah. too much which is why they gave away the intercept wasn't it um, so yeah it's been a pleasure having you on John on the Thank podcast uh, yeah. thanks for coming in Andy as always it's been a pleasure having you <laughs> why are you saying that
2: uh, Ben with, you know we your mouth barely open there now, you now do you really mean that it's a pleasure to see me well yeah. it's, Gavs, it's, this is what I
0: get from these youngsters every day
1: hmm. Hmm
2: you
0: know it's a tough life isn't it yeah. Trick. there we go that's it for the podcast that you can catch all the latest news on Wales Online